So, Adam, uh, Russ is coming up to be a uh, uh, special sweatshop helper tonight. What does that mean? Uh, I don't see you volunteering to come down and pick pack T-shirts. We're packing T-shirts. Right, you guys are just hanging out and packing T-shirts? We're yeah. working. We're not hanging out. We are we are working. I'm expecting like a like a wedding singer montage. Boom, 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 boom. Just like packing shirts and drinking Mai Tais. Mm-hmm. I, I offered Russ a, a bourbon, uh, some bourbon while we do it. I'm excited. By the way, um, yeah, so we're, uh, it's going to be a little nuts. We, we, these these uh, dog head shirts are uh, quite the rage, and I'm a little bit nuts for guaranteeing they ship by Thursday on a two-day turnaround. But shout out to the folks at uh, Rush Order Tees in, uh, just in the Northeast, right by Ben Salem. They're big, like Sixer sponsors. Uh, first time we're working with them, uh, they said, don't worry, we can get them done. You could pick them, pick them up on Wednesday, uh, and then this way we can get them out Thursday. So there's a chance we're running a U-Haul. I haven't decided yet if they're going to fit in my wife's SUV. So me and Russ trolling around in a U-Haul. Look for uh, Twitter videos. We should have gotten a shirt up to Adam to wear on to... Uh, yeah, I would have done what's that? that. What's that podcast? What's yeah, it? I don't remember. What day do you guys record? We record today. Ugh. Ugh. I know. It's okay. We do another one tomorrow. After the so Eagles win. I got, I got distracted by Angelo Cataldi on Twitter. I didn't even know I still followed him. What did he do? No, he just said 30 minutes ago, why do the Eagles coaches and players keep saying the next game is no big deal? Sorry, but it's the biggest game of our lives, okay? And I'm like, there are people still following that and still like – what? Got to give Angelo credit. His uh, his video celebration uh, from the fourth down play, someone had a camera rolling in his house. Uh, give him credit. It was a good celebration. Are you sure? We talked about this. It wasn't a yeah, fake no. one. No, I, I don't think he's in the uh, of the age and demo to be setting up fake reaction videos. It was it was very clearly, uh, very clearly real. I'm going to tell you why it was fake. It was not Ugh. fake because did you I could notice? Tell you it was not fake. Did you notice I'm that watching as as he was running around, screaming his head off, he ends up going past the TV and coming the exact opposite way as a child wearing an Eagles jersey. No, that's real. You know why I know it's real? No, yeah, because you expect the kid to be sitting still. That, yeah, because what, because <laughs> the kid's not like three. The kid looks like you know somewhere probably around like ten years old. What ten year old might Eagle not like football? No, they're my, wearing an Eagles jersey. Okay. No, so no, the kid my... is not wearing an Eagles jersey. I'm watching it right now. Really? The reason I know it's real is because... Fake news, Russ. Yeah, Russ, you fake news. Uh, because his wife's reaction is so natural. That's so real. Yeah. You're not going to get her to do it twice. That is no, a good that's, point. Yeah, that's that real. That is a good point. That is a wise man right there. Yeah. No, babe, let's just do it one more oh, time. Right. No, yeah, the kid's not wearing yeah, an Eagles no, jersey. No, this is stupid. We're not doing this again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was real. I it's kind of like, is this like when Kyle makes his uh, bourbon videos at night and has his wife hopefully hold the camera, but if she refuses, he, he ends up going selfie? Two quick notes on that. One, had mo- had some, several, multiple people tweet me on Sunday. I, I don't think I've put anything about the bourbon thing on the website. A uh, couple of tweets. I don't think on the website. I had multiple people tweet me on Sunday for the game that they went out and bought Jefferson's Oceans at the podcast recommendation. So shout out to them. I don't have the tweets in front of me, so I forget the names. Someone else uh, sent me a picture of their old Forester. 
uh, and what other person? So I had like four bourbon tweets just on Sunday out of Somebody nowhere. Somebody sent you a Basil Hayden's one. Basil right. Hayden rye. Yeah. Yes, someone had tried the rye. Look at you, Russ. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, by the way, I picked up a couple of bar, a uh, couple of bottles of the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, which was just named Whiskey of the Year. It was $60, um, 12 year old, super good. Couldn't find it in PA. Had to, uh, had to do some calling around and I'm not going to give up my spot, but had to cross state lines to, uh, to secure it. Total it that wine. Way. Uh, Trader. Uh, Total nope, wine in Delaware. Not, nope. Not talking about it. Well, then that's just. I'm sad. not giving up my spot. Oh, that's right. They you don't were... want to self-incriminate because if you go out of state and bring alcohol across state lines, no, I don't care about that. It. I just, I th- this You're place seems to have, this place seems to have good inventory, <laughs> and I don't want to give up my, uh, I don't want to give up my, uh, my spot for finding uh, difficult to get uh, bourbons. Wait, so what was your other cold open? Uh, the what other cold open, the other cold open was going to be. Uh, oh, but oh, last my my second point on that, real quick. Uh, Russ, because she doesn't like to hold the camera, I bought one of those twenty dollar uh, iPhone tripods um, oh on on Amazon. I had Amazon points, so I didn't even pay for it. Oh my God. Um, okay, yeah. So what I was going to make fun of Russ for? So he drops um, in our Slack chat some topics for today's show. For those of you who may be unaware, tsk, the Eagles are playing in the NFC Championship game for the first time in uh, almost ten years. And these are these are Russ's topics for the show. Markel Fultz's shot, injury conspiracy, Ringer's diss on Joel Embiid, Sixers win over Toronto, Simmons Lowry dust up, which we should talk about. Um, bonus NBA, Clippers Rockets almost fight, very relevant to this audience. And finally, finally, it's incredible. Clint Eagles Capella, Vikings. they Eagles sent Vikings. Clint Capella to the front door so that Chris Paul and, and squad could sneak in the back door. Well, there's definitely some there's tunnel like arena things going on between that and the Simmons-Lowry thing. So we should talk about that. Listen, we if, probably if Mike Mizzanelli isn't leading off his discussion today with that that as a uh, a way to get into, what is it? Is today Wednesday? General Knowledge Wednesday and to have a Mafia movie segment where he makes a comparison to Clint Capella and everybody being like, I don't know, somebody getting ready to set up what's-his-face for the uh, the assassination. I forget what the guy's name was. Was it the Untouchables? No, it was good. Or was it Goodfellas? Where the guy goes to the restaurant that's supposed to be his and and gets the wire. Sad. Wire sounds like a gun. (laughs) Gets the wire. What's the the wire? No, the 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 Garrett. Was it the Garrett wire? Right. It is an interesting time though, where in Philadelphia. Well, it's an interesting time where. You know, you, I think about the game 24-7, but there's other things going on. I mean, look, we did the Monday morning show, and then the Sixers played that afternoon. And I, I didn't realize until the second quarter was going on because I'm still thinking about the loss of Shamar Stevens and the impact on the Vikings running game, and then what is that going to mean for you know, the zone shifts? But, yeah, I mean, we almost had Kyle Lowry fight Ben Simmons, which... Is that that to me the fact that he called them to the hallway? That to me is a story that I would talk about, because that is that is an honorary that is not an honorary, that is a true Philadelphian, someone that is being celebrated for being a native Philadelphian, calling out the future of Philadelphia sports and Ben Simmons to a hallway discussion, and apparently Ben didn't show up. Wait, 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 Ben in that video is clearly the one who's seen pointing at the uh, hallway yes. first. And then Lowry says, okay. 
Ben has Which is no total, idea. I think Ben well, initiated. I think Ben initiated. That is and then total, went straight to the lock. <laughs> so that is total. I'm bigger than this guy. I'm willing to go outside, and then being like, "Oh crap! I'm picking a fight with someone that actually wants to fight that's smaller." That is the big guy's dilemma. Like I'm telling you, the amount of times someone's like, "You want to go outside?" and you're like, "I could totally beat the shit out of this guy." Like, "Yeah, I'll go outside," and he's like, "Yes," and you're like. Damn, you really want, like, you didn't, like, Ben Simmons is like, Kyle Lowry, you don't want to fight me. Like, I would beat the shit out of you. And then Kyle Lowry's like, no, I have so much more fight in me. And you're like, golly. Ben Simmons it, has no idea who he's fucking with in Kyle Lowry. Like, if there, if, if you gave me five guys in the NBA that I wouldn't want to fuck with, Lowry is on that list. Lowry well, this, goes to, this goes to nuts. the Russ thing that he was saying about the Rockets and Clippers and when you saw Shaq and Charles laughing so much. That's beautiful. Because people in the NBA right now don't actually fight. It's not actually real. It's the same reason that DeMarcus Cousins gets upset when people like pose after they dunk near him. It's because in the Instagram society, if you act like you're going to fight, that means you're tough. So Kyle Lowry's like, no, man, I'll fight you when no one's watching. Ben, Ben's not in that generation, and I understand it. So for, for, for those who don't, I mean, so this a little bit on Lowry's, Lowry's background here, because I suspect that Ben Simmons did not know it. Um, so it was, it was, for all the reasons you mentioned, it was an interesting event. Lowry that morning was honored by, well, not honored, he donated a million bucks to the Villanova uh, pavilion renovations, and he's paying for the locker rooms. They're going to be the Kyle Lowry locker rooms. So before the game, Jay Wright uh, and and Lowry and his family are down there having a little ceremony at the Wells Fargo Center, which is odd for a visiting player and all that. But um, you know, Jay Wright thanked the Sixers. Hey, thanks for letting us do this. This is kind of awkward, and you know, the, the two guys who run the Sixers are Villanova alums, so I don't think it was a tough sell. Um, Chris Heck actually worked was the director of marketing there while Lowry was playing there. So long story short is the the reason this was so interesting and Lowry talked about it in his in a little speech he gave. Uh, you know, so Lowry's from North Philly. He wasn't very highly recruited. He was he he got in he got into a lot of fights in high school. Uh, he was he was an admitted knucklehead. The day of freshman orientation and all Jay, his freshman year, Jay Wright told him, all you got to do is show up to campus. That's all you got to do. Just be here on time. Don't screw up. Lowry is playing a pickup game in, in the city, on the streets, uh, tears his ACL playing a pickup game when he's supposed to be at the, the freshman orientation at Villanova. Uh, Villanova never tells anybody that. I think this came out in a podcast Lowry and Wright did about a year ago why it happened so Lowry misses the first half his freshman year this is at the end of August miraculously comes back at the end of December of that year and obviously plays a year and a half and goes on to the NBA but he was a like genuine like hard-ass stubborn knucklehead who was known for getting in fights he punched a Kansas player apparently had punched a kid in high school so Ben Simmons had Kansas no player deserved it he well so it was funny he was like setting a pick on Lowry yeah fuck uh, and, that Lowry just threw a punch into his gut. This is 2005, January. The day before, and I tweeted this yesterday, and it got more action than I think anything I've ever tweeted. No joke. Um, the le- the le- Kyle Lowry was kicked out of that game. It was the day before the Eagles won the NFC Championship uh, in 2005. Uh, this week, he was kicked out of the Wells Fargo Center the same week the Eagles play in the NFC Championship. Tell me that's not a sign. I can't believe the amount of reaction I'm getting on this tweet. 
Oh, we are at Prime. If you tweet anything from the past, that means that there's a better chance the Eagles are winning. Like when I told I told a friend in California about how the last time the Patriots coordinators left, it was the same year that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. He was like, "Oh shit!" Like Kyle, if you tweet it out right now, like like we should do an experiment. Like like my son just said his first words and he said championship game people be like oh my god it's a sign like we are in full oracle mode where anything linking to a championship game people are going to retweet i'll tell you i'll tell you like i mean this was just a dumb idle thought i have i was writing a post and i was like oh holy shit he got kicked out the day before you know same same circumstance like i've seen lowry sprint off like that so I was like, yeah, it was a dumb thought. I got over, I got 1,100 likes and 436 retweets. Yeah. I, half, most of the people retweeting it, I don't even think, have any idea, like, of are not Villanova fans, do not yeah. remember the game, the yeah. circumstance, and they're just is, dying for a sign. This is a really fun experiment for causation, where if you just take anything back, like, Pink I got came, the year wrong in the tweet, too. People didn't even notice. Pink came out with the song Blah 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 in 2005. No surprise, she's playing the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, Pink is doing something, right? She's doing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. You know where Pink's from? No. She's from Doylestown. I Doylestown. think Pink is from when you from mix hood. red and white together. Oh, my you. God. Dude, you are, like, so prime. For these dad jokes like that, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like it's, you know, you know when you look at kids when you're in junior high and you're like, these people are going to be parents one day. Russ, I bet you I could have spotted that shit from you like ten years ago. That's Russ so was true. carrying cut up strawberries to class in high school. Just I was carrying in case. a briefcase in eighth grade. Yeah. Russ was checking Some other sixteen year olds' permits to see if they could drive when he was sixteen. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see the paperwork. Uh, excuse me. Excuse so, me. Russ, what um, do you make of these NBA tunnel uh, fracases? Because on the same day, I think this is fracas. Like this also, is also fracas. Who wins? But, how many Ben Sim? Who wins? Ben Simmons or Kyle Lowry? No, if Kyle, they actually. Well, okay. So I, my I, long-winded I, way was to saying Kyle Lowry would murder him. He would so, murder anybody. No. Yes. All right. So yes. I, I think there are a few few angles that you if need to ben take to tried? this. No. Okay, Kyle Lowry First of all, is nuts. Ben Ben versus Kyle Lowry is Lennox Lewis versus Mike Tyson, reach wise. I don't think mm-hmm. Kyle lands a punch unless he goes full all out Conor McGregor UFC, picks him up, yes. gets under, and then ground and pound. I will argue that there could have ben been a has positive. Never, there never would have been a down with Kyle Lowry. Potentially, there could have been a positive to Ben fighting Kyle Lowry. That would have been that he would have uh, broken his left hand, which means he actually would have had to shoot with his right hand. Ooh. Double entendre. Um, now I, I got excited because be, between that one and the Clippers Rockets one, there's this, um, the show and a podcast called men in blazers. They're all about soccer. Uh, they're really funny guys. They have this whole thing with tunnels, uh, pregame in the EPL and they talk about almost fights. And that day was like the epitome of what men in blazers talks about. It's, it's all about getting in the tunnel getting heated, having some words, and then nothing happening. Um, I want to point out really quickly, though, that I'm loving what Ben Simmons is doing, uh, messing with the opposition. He got in a in an almost fight with Morris uh, in London when he kind of like, he bowled him over, and then Morris got up, shoved him, and Ben kind of got that cocky smirk. Um, and I think he was asked about it after this Lowry dust-up by the... Uh, the media and he said that well now it's been two philly guys so i don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean but um 
look, if nothing else, I like I, I do not think Ben was ever going to get in a fight, and I don't think Kyle Lowry is a good choice. Um, but I do like seeing that, you know, he's not he's not having somebody else fight his battles for him. He doesn't, like, bowl over a guy and then ask for, like, Amir Johnson or, like, Trevor Booker to get in the middle. So that that is a positive. He's not going full Sidney Crosby route. Yeah. I don't want I don't want a worldwide genocide this conversation. Don't but, don't because I have like three okay, more things. Okay. So I don't say it. Okay. So my, the one thing I will say is I feel like I predicted this uh, in the first week of the season. Do you remember when I said guys that, are going to test them? Yes. Yeah. And I I thought about this as I was watching the, the 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 scuffle. I was going, oh my god, it's happening. We've reached the point of the season where Ben Simmons is already putting up numbers that are catching rookie of the year attention and all star game attention. And now people are going, yeah, but let's see how tough he is. And who are the guys that are getting in trouble with him that are like pushing him around? Kyle Lowry, who pushed him in uh, that that one game where they almost had a fight at the end of the game. Uh, it was like two or three games. Not Morris. Ago. Yeah, it was the Morris. Right. Yeah. So who who are these guys? Who are these guys? Philly guys. Traditional Philly fighter guys. Like Morris is a fighter. Kyle Lowry has got like a great energy to him, and they're going. Well, no. Let's see how hard you are. And it's it's always been just kind of pushing them initially, and then going. This is unnecessary. And this is Ben also believing he's a superstar. Because superstars, in the words of Russ with Sidney Crosby, don't fight. They don't fight. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron never fights. LeBron is a king of pushing and then hold me back. You know, I've never actually seen LeBron get to blows. But just like if LeBron was going to fight Morris or if LeBron was going to fight Kyrie. How, how many guys Kyle really Lowry, come to blows now? It's very mm-hmm. few. And uh, it's usually uh, Aaron Aflalo, apparently. Uh, Pat Beverly. Would yes. be would be a guy to get in a fight. Beverly's Austin actually Rivers. a guy. Listen, if 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 I were the Sixers, like I know that we talked about in the off season, but like Pat Beverly's the exact kind of guy that you want to have on on this team. Right. Well, like genocide. Well, no, 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 wasn't I'm, bad. I'm, I'm saying because like to have to have a guy who it will be ready to go at at any given point. To stand see, up for, I like, think that guy right now like, is T.J. McConnell, which is a yeah, bad sight. Yeah, but see, I don't want, I don't want, I TJ, to, I don't want TJ Like, to T.J. was totally ready to fight uh, DeRozan, and I was like, dude, you need to chill out. But at the same point, I was like, beat his ass, Seabass. Like, I was excited. Like that, he's like that little first grader that hangs out with all the fourth graders, and he jumps to the middle of the pack. Like, come on, you want to go? You want to go? Like a, and all the kids like are like, a like Chihuahua. Go, stop. You stop. really no, don't you mind really, T.J. You really think if Simmons and Lowry yeah, fought? Yeah, TJ is Russ, actually. Now that yeah. I think about it. Hey, that's yeah. a good, I would be happy I if like that, that. was yeah. Russ is our TJ. Yeah. Wait, so if you So who would you be, Adam? Who would you be? I don't know. Hold on. Were... So, hold on. You really think uh, if Simmons here. fought Lowry that Lowry would yes. win? Yes. I'm if telling Simmons you. tried. Yeah, no, it, it would be it would be Lowry. Because uh, yeah. and and I like Lowry's Ben. Lowry's hardcore, trust me. Ben's not going to land a one-punch knockout. I just don't see it. I think La- Lowry goes for the legs. I think Lowry goes to take him to the ground. Lowry just- is a pit bull. Like Lowry is not like Lowry is not giving up till you have told till 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 death. Seriously. Yeah, but you're telling La- me that if so Ben Simmons is an Aussie and Aussies are super playful. But they also wrestle sharks and like kill stingrays and stuff. 
No. I, I like Ben. I don't think he's soft. I don't think that, that whole superstar mantra. He's I had like some, a foot taller than him. I understand that. I understand. I'm telling. I'm, I'm tell- like, I like Ben. I'm not calling him soft by any stretch. Kyle, I would take Kyle Lowry over just about anybody in the league. I was going to play the how many game, like how many Kyle Lowry's to beat up Ben Simmons, but no. if this is the case, I'll take the apparent underdog. Lowry, you know, Lowry that. has you know, obviously been in the NBA for a decade, and you, you have to have some measure of self-preservation. Um, but if you remember early NBA Lowry, and certainly certainly um, Ky- college Lowry, I mean, he, he is... He, it's hard to explain without sounding like ridiculous, but he he would he was Villanova's best rebounder. Um, you know he's what six one. Um, he he literally just punched a guy for no reason against Kansas. I mean he it's not like forget about his background. Just just watching him play because he's totally like not the person he was, and he talks about this openly. He's like I used to be a, a I was going like a bad apple. Um, I was you know I was a hothead and whatever, but. Just watching him play, especially early Lowry, he broke his you know wrist early in the NBA. His first NBA game, Bill Simmons cracked about how he tried a tip-in dunk from the free throw line uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I know this has nothing to do with his fighting ability. I forgot he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, Shit. but I mean, he he's nuts. Seriously, like he is a he is an, like the definition of a bulldog. Um, I would I would take Lowry over anybody. Seriously, which what you just said too, the whole. Kyle Lowry on Memphis is the perfect example of why judging these NBA yes. rookies on where they are right away is so stupid. Yes. Kyle Lowry was so disappointing in Memphis because, I don't know, Memphis is probably not a great place to start. Well, he couldn't but, shoot. I mean, he came out of college. I mean, look, you want to talk about the Markel Fultz thing? And this is, you know, this isn't the perfect example. I mean, but, I mean, Lowry, people were kind of surprised when he left college after his sophomore year. Right. He was... The reason he was, he was, was the because third best player, right? Wasn't that that was the one that had Randy Foy you, and Alan, Alan Ray, Ray, right? Like What'd those you say, two guys. I said, well, he was he was sort of like the third best guy on the team, at least like the way yes. that that was third best. Was he was Alan, the third Alan best college player. Yeah, yeah, he was like the third best. Yeah, college player on there. Yeah, Fo- on their I mean team. Foy, Randy Foy was a lottery pick that last year. You're talking about disappointing. Wow. Um, but yeah, he he was him, Ray, and Foy, and he was probably the Ray third option. Was, shit. Um, but Lowry was always like clearly just like for for he was kind of a round kid. He's still kind of a round guy, but he was rounder in college. He wasn't like he didn't have an NBA yeah, he body. He toned up big time. He was so fucking fast and so he was, fu- he was just he was twice as competitive as anybody else on the floor on it was a like team. Quick twitch. Yeah, on it exactly, and and could body with anybody and. Um, but he couldn't shoot. That's why I was surprised when he we went to the league. Like he could blow by anybody, but he couldn't shoot. And what what's made him a great player is it took him five six years to develop a three point shot. Like he couldn't shoot in college at all. Um, so you know, it, the the concerning thing with Fultz is not that he can't shoot. Like w- with Simmons, it's like all right, he'll find a shot. The concerning thing with Fultz is like he used to be able to shoot, and now he can't shoot. Like that's the this that's the weird part. Yeah, it's this crazy crazy thing that's. That's happened. So, spout your theory. Well, okay, so it's not. Let's put a disclaimer on this. It's a, th- it's, it's Russ's it's, fun theory, which well, I enjoy. It's me picking part of like what I've seen people posting on Reddit for a while, and and in comment sections, and that Jason Concepcion from the Ringer. Boy, did. this. It's my favorite. I mean, like I think it's actually now my favorite theory for what happened to Fultz's shot. So we've said on here, and Adam has been big in the idea that. Uh, Fultz got hurt doing something else in the offseason. 
and that he never told anybody. And when you look back at what Markel Fultz was um, shown to be, like when they would do the the lead-ins to the draft, they would do the draft profiles, there were some independent videos that were done. Even when he was being drafted, uh, who was anchoring the coverage? Was it Reese Davis? Said that the biggest thing, the first love that Markel had wasn't basketball, it was BMX. And so knowing the area that he's from, Prince George's County, Maryland, bikes, BMX is a huge thing. And when I started thinking about him, like I started like doing, you know, the kind of typical thing that you would do, which is conspiracy theory stuff. You look up, is scapular imbalance an issue? Is muscle imbalance an issue in BMX riding? Is it something that like is a common injury? And it turns out that you will be able to find more things about scapular imbalance or muscle imbalance from BMX, you know, accidents or from BMX riding than, than you would from basketball. That's why, like, when they kept saying scapular imbalance and we all kept saying this is something we've never heard of, well, we haven't heard of it because it's a basketball. It's not a basketball injury. I'm really buying into the theory that he was goofing around. He let was me, shredding let me, on a BMX bike? Well, I think he, he might. He was Dave Mearing? Yeah. He was Hoffman. What was it? Hoffman? Was it Dave Hoffman? Um, listen, there there was Bucky a... Bucky Lassick? No, Bucky Lassick I thought was a... Was I know, he? I'm just naming okay. Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah, yeah. guys. Um, there, there was one thing that st- stood out to me. There was a profile that was done of him prior to the draft. And he was like walking into his childhood house. And he said about how he loved BMX. And then he had that like awkward moment where it feels like, you know, you're told not to say something. And then you've been trained on, where like, was this? on how to, to pivot out. It's on YouTube. There was a draft profile have video. You set, have you, like, clipped out this video and sent it to Concepcion? No. Why? That's, like, the first step. Well, it's it's <coughs> in, in Slack. I have a channel. It's a public channel called Hashtag Fultz Conspiracy. It's in there. It was JBL. <laughs> it was the JBL Pulse of the Draft. If you watch, he rides a bike up to his childhood house. Uh, he's riding it out in the street. And then he's in Upper Marlboro, which is actually a better part of PG County. And he mentions that he used to have like seven or eight bikes. And then there's like an awkward pause. And he says, but my mom got rid of all of them. He says, after having ridden a bike in the street. I think this is where it happened. I really do think that he kept going with BMX. And I think it's fine. If you want to have a hobby, that's fine. But I think he took a bad spill, messed up his shoulder. He was doing that strength training in the off season. That was kind of as a way to build up. Uh, like to rebuild the balance because if you look into muscular imbalance uh, issues in cyclists, they say that there are certain kind of weight training things that you need to do. You need to build up the strength back in the sh- in your neck, in your shoulder, and in your core. And I but, think, but that, Russ, the like, only thing I would say here I'm all is, I'm I, all so I'm in. googling this as you're uh, as you're mentioning muscular imbalance in cycling, and most of them seem to relate to first like, of all co- core and leg yeah. muscles, and the second thing is. You know, I, I think this refers to people who are riding like cyclists. Yeah, right, cyclists. Like, I mean, if he's dicking around on a BMX for an hour, I don't think that's enough to, uh, you know, imbalance. Now, if you fall off the bike, it's a different story. Yeah, I think you fell. I enjoy the theory. I enjoy the theory. Um, I'm just saying, I, I really do think that that's what happened because there's that's there's great. the only other thing that could have happened was like if you remember the only thing that has been like kind of iffy is that he. He had done the training stuff with, with uh, I think, a personal trainer and with the Sixers trainers. And then once those pictures came to the public and people started retweeting them, they took all the pictures down. 
the only other theory I think that's that's even potentially possible or, or um, plausible is that he got hurt while training under, you know, a, a Sixers doctor or something. That's but boring. If we're going to have to I, wait for like Markel Fultz, let's have fun with what actually happened. Totally thinking that he did, that he BMXed it. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm, probably, I'm in on the theory too. I like. That. I think he probably hit like a dirt, a dirt jump, and then came down awkwardly, and he screwed up his shoulder, and that's fine. Well, I mean, it's not Genesis, fine. It's not fine at all, actually. Worldwide genocide. So he hit dirt. Uh, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles fan who punched a police horse repeatedly. Wait a second, Eagles. <laughs> before we before we go into that, which is good. Uh, which nine, is good. I'm I'm in the middle of a 97.5 Twitter beef. Apparently, I didn't know that this was going to happen. So one of our listeners uh, went after them for the the original tweet. Anthony Gargano did about four radio hits around the country yesterday, and every station told him how much they hate Eagles fans. Are we the most hated fan base in the NFL? Hashtag Eagles. So one of our listeners goes 610. That's it. And then somebody else who listens to the show said the movement is spreading. And then the guy who originally tweeted, Joe uh, Fedorowitz, said that tweet was ridiculous. 97.5 fires back. Ridiculous how? He was literally told in four different cities yesterday how much they don't want Eagles to win. How is that ridiculous? So then I say it's a recycled conversation. It's not new, right? And he goes, so what Anthony did, he did hits around the country yesterday and had thrown in his face in four cities. We can't use his personal experiences on air. Recycled topic and ridiculous aren't the same. Agreed. So it's like the mat, like this whole thing is nuts. People are now going back and forth with a fanatic about it. And then 97.5 said, if you guys were listening instead of reacting to 140 characters on a website, you'd know what we are doing. Tweets don't encapsulate an entire conversation. (laughs) How many times did they they need to have a social media (coughs) person get into it with people because they don't do a good job of encapsulating their conversation? I I I agree with you. I feel like once they get pushed, that's always the argument. Like I think this is like now a company line. I... you have 280 characters. I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I actually think that. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> if you, geez, if you are um, it, it, the 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 whole knock on this is like, hey, you're you're bringing up recycled topics, and and people can kind of see through that stuff. And you're like, oh, it's just a tweet, you know, so we can talk take calls. We only talked about that for two minutes. What they don't understand, and what I would say is, the. Tweets oftentimes, especially nowadays, is sometimes what will get people to tune in. Or if people aren't listening, that is how they stay engaged with your station throughout the day. Like that is the whole point of using this multi-touch point strategy. Ultimately, they still want to filter people back to the radio station. So it's either A, a promotional tool, and when you tweet out stuff like, hey, we're going to be talking about insert tire topic – you're not compelling people to tune in. The second thing is, if it's just to like kind of keep people engaged, then do it in a way that is natural to that platform. No one on Twitter gives a shit about Anthony Gargano's, um, you know, being told that Philly fans suck. Like that's not a Twitter conversation. That's maybe a radio conversation, but it's not a Twitter conversation. So know the medium, or if you're trying to promote the show, get it to work. The other thing they talked about yesterday, we were on day two before the NFC Championship, and they had a poll. Uh, was whether or not it was okay to start talking about the Super Bowl. Are, do you think it's okay, or should we not talk about it yet? 610-632-0975. Like, come on, Uh-oh. be a little bit more fucking inventive. I don't know. It's two days after. Stop. My, my dad asked, no. if I'm in Minnesota, should he get tickets to come there to meet up? Like, so... 
That is different. Buying tickets is different. They meant like, is it okay for us to start talking? Should we be, you know, start theorizing about Super Bowl? Well, yeah, of course. Like, because if they win, it might be good to have tickets or. I think the thing that people aren't realizing is that this is all one big circle. Is that because we open up to the phone lines in Philadelphia, uh, which people love. Uh, then they ask questions. So they start asking questions about the Patriots or the Jags, to which the host probably goes, is it too early? They said, throw it on the pole because they all listen to Dan Levitard. They all want to build a community like Dan Levitard. And then it becomes this vicious cycle of other fans being upset that radio stations are putting polls that were asked by other fans into a th- and then asking like it's repetitive. Fans ask repetitive questions. Every time a coordinator is fired, get your sips ready. We, they, people ask the other podcast, who should replace them? I need to know. Well, it's the same thing all the time. These stories are so repetitive every year because sports is repetitive every year that I actually don't think it's their fault. I think it's the original calling fans fault. I think it's also the over-reliance that some of these stations have on callers. Yeah, but also realize point. this, Russ, but people love to call in Philadelphia. No, I, I know they and do. And if there, if there was a three-hour radio show that barely took calls, I don't think it would do well. Wait, say that again? If there was like a three-hour radio show in Philly that barely took calls, I don't know if it would do well. Yeah, that was more like Ennis's show, right? Ennis didn't take a, a ton of callers versus well, Missinelli, who takes... And Anderson's show did well, right? It did for a while until he until he you know imploded. All right, so hold on. So this guy, I'm gonna roll our genocide again. Apparently, gets kicked out of the Eagles game for leaving the stadium because he apparently was drunk and didn't have his ticket. Leaves and on his way out, walked over to a mounted officer and began punching the horse in the face, neck, and shoulder area. And then apparently he also hit the officer in the leg, and he was uh, arrested. That was where the story ends. He was arrested. How bad do you think those police officers beat the shit out of him? Mm. Uh, not bad. He looked. He was smiling. He looks looked fine. just fine. And he had a little red mark on his face. So uh, that to me is crazy because I feel like if you touch an officer, they're like, "Now we get to touch you." And I feel like if you punch a horse, they're like, "Now we get to kill you." So what, I think I they should like have let the, old, let the horse punch back. That's a true like yo only body blows so that his face looks okay in the photo. <laughs> We All right, have so some break- really quick, oh, quick, we have quick disclaimer, There's no, uh, there is no uh, narrative that Adam is really trying to push for police brutality. I'm not. If I, if I was a police officer and you punched my horse, I'm beating the shit out of you. That's like if you kicked a canine dog, I'm kicking the shit out of you. The kid looks happy in his photo, but his legs are twisted into a pretzel. Yeah. Um, we have some breaking horse news. Uh, I think this was, was this Tim or Coggin in the chat? I think it was Tim. Uh said or sean uh, one one of the three of them um, what's the thing what said that uh their buddy who's a philly cop uh said the philly police horses are the castaways or the throwaways from the chicago pd oh. uh, and they generally tend to be tame um one why are we getting chicago's also ran horses uh two i would i'd like my Philly street horse to have a little bit of fight in him. I don't. I don't need a docile horse. This is like God. it's like the fam- This Uh-oh. is like the uh, Family Guy where Peter Griffin brought the uh, brain damaged horse and a pistol over the rug. There, there are only two times in this podcast history you've used the word docile. 
Okay. Do you know what the other one was? It was I'm sure it you're going to tell the me. Po- the police horse. And after you learned about Russell Wilson's wife having dated a rapper. Mm. What well, I was, was going to say that we're getting the Donovan McNabb of police horses. These Chicago-born horses that are too tame and don't fight enough. Fucking they're not. They're McNabb not hard horses. For Chicago. No, um, yeah, exactly. But I think his point was like, why would you punch this horse? He, his point was the horse probably wasn't starting anything because he's tame. <laughs> yeah, no, that's unbelievable. No, that's what I'm saying. This is the one time where I'm like, yeah, police, kick the shit out of him. You can't go around horses, punching animals. Do those horses wear blinders like the ones that you that do, like the horse and buggy? Because then that's even because that's even worse. Yeah, exactly. The poor horse was like blindfolded. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> He's probably like, man, this is a really big fly. That guy's probably not too strong. He probably had a deflected punch. He was he was inebriated. Hey! <laughs> What is this? These are some weird noises. Oh, my God. All right, so speaking of uh, horses and animals. The horse turned to him and said, I actually like it. Keep doing it. So you guys are getting together tonight to box up shirts or pack up shirts to send out to people that bought them on Crossing Broad. Um, What is this movement like in terms of other movements? The underdog, Lane Johnson. Like, I know you probably appreciate the fuck out of Lane Johnson for putting on that mask. But compared to other like Philadelphia trends, how does this one stack up from what you're seeing? Um, I am kind of sub- surprised at how well it's sticking, because um, fi- we're we're very um, we're very tough on stuff like this. Um, so, you know, we ha- our corny threshold is is pretty high or pretty low, I, whichever you know, however you want to put it. Like you know, we we don't su- we don't suffer corniness. Uh, we wouldn't do the rally monkey the way they did in. Uh, Anaheim and and the rally squirrel and stuff like that. Um, I just th- this is working. This one is sticking. I think for for several reasons. One is um, this is the first time I've been in the NFC Championship in almost a decade, and he wore it after the win, and he could have came out there and you know read a book, and people would would have thought it was cool. Um, so that's that's the first part of this. The second part of this is the mask looks. It's the perfect mask. It's fucking ridiculous. Like it's it just, is ridiculous. It's so it's realistic awesome. that you know you could be at the beginning of some sort of weird snuff film, or you know a kid's Halloween birthday party, and anywhere in between. And I, and we're somewhere in between. And the Adam, third thing is, tell me you have one for the show today. I don't. No. I didn't get it in time. Oh, me or Adam? I meant for Adam for the uh, the other show that he. Yeah, might you need know. one for no, Report, man. All right. Yeah, I and do. The third reason is. You know, it it really does work. The fact that they are arguably the number one seed in the entire NFL. I know they all they're all thirteen and three, but the Eagles legitimately the, the maybe the top seed in in the certainly in the conference, maybe in the NFL. And for them to be underdog, they're going to wind up being underdogs in two straight and potential. And if they make the Super Bowl three straight playoff games, uh, it just works. Like it fits the whole Philly underdog thing. It's I don't it. They, it just works. Like you see it as soon as you saw it on TV, you're like, "Fuck, this is gonna be not fuck." Like this is gonna, this is definitely gonna be a thing. Um, I mean, every there's a reason why six of us are selling t-shirts. Like it's the, it was the it was a no-brainer slam dunk. Holy shit! Like this this is our thing this year. If they win, oh, this wait. is our thing. This is gonna be a thing for decades. If they win the Super Bowl for decades, so six, we're gonna talk about this. Six people are selling the shirts, so that means that one person came up with a totally proprietary, protectable idea, and five are thieves, right? Because no, that's what Twitter that's what Twitter would say. Hold on, before, because people, before no, you my have me goal, ra- my on. goal is to get Russ off of Twitter. 
Why? Because like it only it. angers you. No, I don't actually get angry. You. I enjoy. No, I, I actually enjoy it a lot. Hold on. Before we talk about th- that part of it, is I, I, I want to get Adam's yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that's an, the least I want to talk about yes, right now. I want, for, I want to get Adam's thoughts on the whole thing from a national perspective and why you aren't embracing this on Bleacher Report video because you should be. I, th- I feel like that's a failure on your part to not be wearing what? a mask. To not be wearing a mask in every video. Have you, you do seen this my week. face? It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, my you were point, not supposed to respond to that. My point stands. So my beautiful. Stands. Incredibly. One of the best looking Bleacher Report people on camera. Fantastic. He's in good health, too. I'm, Adam, question. Yes, what's up? It, it, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm posing this topic to you. Oh, what's the topic? <laughs> What, that I should be wearing the mask? That you should have, How do you that you feel should have about had the mask why, ready why to go. Why don't you have a mask ready to go? Yes. Oh, uh, I, I wore a Reggie White shirt on camera the other day. That was enough for me. Um, I, I love the mask. I, I love the notion that we could have a stadium full of the mask. I think that... So one of the things I'm going to do later today is that every team thinks they're the team of destiny. I was listening to ESPN radio because uh, I was sick all day yesterday. Like as soon as we got down the pod Monday morning, I was like in a coma for two days. Like not even kidding. This is the first time I've been able to do anything. And I was listening to all these different radio shows, and one of them was like, man, it just kind of feels like Jacksonville is the team of destiny. And they talked about it for 30 minutes. And then someone did it about the Vikings, and then someone did it about the Eagles. And I was like, every team thinks they're a team of destiny. And I think what's important about the team of destiny is you need some weird stuff. So the Vikings have their end play, and they have Skull and all that. But for the Eagles to have the underdog... In my mind, in the world of destiny, it undermines their actual events with a rally monkey type of thing, which we've experienced before. And I think that on Sunday, when you have all of the images of the dogs, it lends perfectly uh, to their narrative because they will be the underdog no matter who they play in the next two rounds. They genuinely will be. And I love it. I think it. I think that's the kind of stuff that you need to be the true team of destiny. I, yeah, I, <clears throat> I agree. I agree. This is it's different from the rally monkey because the rally monkey was it was just sort of a, a thing. Someone had a monkey, and okay, we'll turn into a rally monkey. There's an actual meaning behind this one. There's there's an actual meaning that the players. It, it was born naturally like lane johnson said he went over to the practice facility on his way to the game because they had he bought these and he left it i guess in his practice locker over in NovaCare. so he picked it up then handed them to jason peters for the game and said hey if we win make sure you bust these out like there there's a very organic thing that was happening here that it, it wasn't born of some sort of kitschy fan thing it was yeah the players really like bought into this and uh yeah, it's th- that sticks. It sticks, and it's ridiculous. For someone, it's for someone that has to buy Bud Light for all of Philadelphia if they win the Super Bowl, Lane Johnson is is taking it well. Remember, he said before the season, if they win the Super Bowl, he'll buy Bud Light for everybody. No, I don't remember. You don't this. remember that? I do no. not either. No. Yeah, before the year, type in Lane Johnson Bud right Light now. into your little Google machines. Backspace, <laughs> Markel Fultz, muscular imbalance, Lane Johnson. Russ, I'm sure you could do that with uh, Twitter, too. Russ, the reason... Well, you're Kyle right, August 3rd, there it is, NBCSports.com. 
Yeah, he said he'd buy beer for all of Philadelphia. What is the easiest promotional sponsorship of all time? Oh, oh yeah, there it is. Bud Light. Bud Light actually tweeted at him. Let's make a bet. Win it all, and the party is on us. Deal. And hey, Lee speak- Johnson said, "This one's for you, Philly." Speaking exactly. of promotional considerations, uh, we want to thank our our two sponsors for today's show. Uh, first of all, uh, Carlinos. Who? Thank you to everybody who came out. We didn't do a debrief from Thursday. I guess we did a little bit. Thanks everybody who came out to Carlino's. Uh, The tomato. I got to be honest here. I am generally speaking not a tomato pie person. I tend to find them bland. Uh, I tend. It's it's not that I need cheese. I just don't get a lot of flavor from tomato and and bread. Uh, That said, Carlino's expression of a tomato pie is downright fantastic. I don't know how they pack that much flavor just using tomatoes and basil and whatever other seasoning they put in there. It's incredible. Truly fresh and delicious. No joke. Brought it. uh, Rich gave us some extras, brought it home. My wife and I powered through that the next day. Really good stuff. Everything they had there was terrific. They put out a dip spread. It looked like it, it looked like a I don't want to curse during a sponsor read, but it looked like a fucking tic tac toe board. Like you go to their food stations and then I come to this station next to the catering station that is like nine white bowls and i'm like what is this arranged in a three by three grid like what is in here is this topping seasonings whatever all dips nine different kinds of hot dips they had for us to go with your crostinis um the food was delicious great turnout check them out in ardmore and westchester up through the big game they have their game day menu which um, I you shouldn't eat anything else uh, if you are within general vicinity of those guys. Um, so please check them out. Um, they, they don't have that. Just, a- they actually did just release. I uh, saw it two days ago. They released their official. Oh my God, Apple. Um, they released. Somebody just sent a text. Oh, I thought it was um, called Oh my God, Apple. I was like, ooh, sounds yeah. No, I got, no they, I got a calendar alert. My bad. It's okay. They released their uh, 2018 game game day menu. Um, posted it on the 15th. There's just so much stuff, and it's also good. Underrated from that night, I think, were the wings. They were killer. The next day I went to work with, I think, a dozen wings and four slices of tomato pie, and I was the uh, the envy of the, 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 the faculty room. The game day menu. Fat Russ. Yeah, it was day so menu good, though. Will not if exist I get fat all year eating long. Carlinos, it's fine. To be clear, the game day menu will not exist all year long, but selections from it certainly will. But they do have a specialized game day menu through the Super Bowl. Uh, and we also want to thank our friends at Amerigas. Our sponsor, our, um, we should have picked a winner. Amerigas, I believe, selected a winner uh, that we have to announce. I don't have the winner's name yet for the $500 tailgating uh, contest. So um, we will have that by Friday. Uh, my bad for not having that today. But want to thank Amerigas for sponsoring us. We're going to be doing another cool promotion here. Uh, the nation's number one propi- propane provider, available at over 55,000 locations, locally at Home Depot and 7-Elevens. Uh, we're going to be doing another cool contest. I believe we're going to call it hashtag show your tank. Uh, we're just waiting on approval on that, where we're going to ask you to take the most glorious picture of your propane tank or find an Amerigas propane tank. Has to be Amerigas. Anything else, get get out of here with your com- cheap cheap competitors. Um, take the best photo you possibly can. Instagram it. Send it to us on Twitter. Whoever takes the best, most glorious, ridiculous photo of a propane tank using the hashtag, which I believe will be show your tank, but I don't know if we have approval on that yet, uh, will also get a really cool prize, which we should know more about on Friday. So thanks to Amerigas for sponsoring us. Um, and just be sure to pick up their propane. You will not get your grill hotter than with 
Amerigas propane. That is not their tagline. I added that, but it, I think it works. I didn't even know that anybody else sells propane. I thought it was just Amerigas. So the fact that there's anything else, I, I just choose not to acknowledge it. So you can go. You can find out more details about that. Right now, we still have the old contest up. It'll be crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. You can also go to ace.amerigas.com for cool grilling recipes. So again, thank you to them for uh, sponsoring the show. How are you guys feeling about the game um, two days later? Because I'm actually feeling much better, and I will tell you why after your opinions. Of which game? The Vikings. The, the, the <laughs> NFC Championship game in Philadelphia on Sunday. Uh, I gave a lot of my in, my stuff on Monday. How are you feeling? I wanna, I wanna know, how are you feeling two days later? As a fan, not as not as Adam Lefko, the host of the Bleacher Report like, podcast. Like as a fan, how are you, how's your confidence level moved? That's not. Is it possible know. to separate the two? Not anymore. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, I uh, where do I stand right now? I feel really confident about the Eagles' defense. I feel um, like we're going to need some some miracle magic on offense and special teams. Um, I just I think that we're going to need some some big plays to kind of go our ways, like a missed tackle and stuff like that. Because I just I really believe it's going to be like a trudge fest. I think it's going to be low scoring, and and the team that gets a few of those breaks is the team that wins. Trudge That's kind of where I am right now. Trudge fest sounds really dirty. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't just, know. It's just something about Trudge Fest. Just sounds like a, a fad that, that that is happening. It sounds like rolling in mud. Yeah. Um, I picture Russ, an offensive line and a defensive line. I don't know are, where else you could take it. How are you feeling? I feel good. I feel just as good as I did on Monday when I was getting told to talk about the Falcons. I feel I feel legitimately fine. Look, I I'm not even going into it saying that like I think. I, I expect them to lose. They might, they might not. I don't really care. Um, I, I'm just, I like the potential matchup, and I think they're going to show out. I, I think, if nothing else, I'm hoping that the game is maybe even close in the fourth quarter, and then Minnesota starts, th- I don't know how many of them are going to think about it. I don't know how, how their coaching staff thinks about it, or if the players do beforehand, or if the players even care. But the idea of hosting a Super Bowl is, like, at some point has to be immense pressure. I don't know if it's in the lead up. I and maybe if the if the players aren't as committed to the city and they they don't necessarily care as much for the fan base. It is still something that does not happen. So I want to think that at some point that's going to cross their mind and it's going to add a, just that that little twinge more of some undue pressure for them that that they might end up kind of folding a little bit that they start feeling the burden of an entire city and state and that they're not going to be able to pull it off. Like that that's like a, a little psychology thing that I, I now the more I think about it, it's just a stupid fan point six one zero. But well, I want to think I, I want to think that like that could play into it. I do think like uh, the injury report that I'm I'm looking at now. I don't know who a lot of these guys are, uh, but they've got <laughs> eight guys on an injury report. So let me look at, let me look it's at it. Sh- uh, Shamar, Shamar Stevens. That's the big one. That's Steven. the one I've been talking about. I'll Ankle. look at it. Hold on. Right. So uh, while guys, and Ed Hockley is also our ref, which I think is interesting. Ed Hockley like is like old old man weightlifter dude, right? Yes. I give all these yes. guys all these guys names. You don't watch a lot fine. of football, do you? He's fine. No, no, <laughs> like it's old man. No, no, no listen, yeah, because there's 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 um there's the ref, the African American ref, who always sounded like. Uh, uh, almost like Herbert the pervert from Family Guy, where he's like, "All right, so now we got 
a first down for the Eagles. Damn, and it's like, like I, I just, hey there, fella, how you doing? Mm. What does him, what what is him being black day? have anything to do with it, Russ? Well, I'm saying, yeah. he, I'm saying he was the African American <laughs> rep who sounded like. Listen, don't couldn't, make this don't just, make this a race issue. You just been the ref who sound. No, I'm kidding. No, because, um, because Herbert is also what? Okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but Ed Hockley looks like he lifts. No Good kidding. For him. Thank he's, you. Well, Thank I'm welcome sa- to the He's party. like the Gabe Kapler of referees. Okay, um, dude, this is an old take. Yeah, let me. Um, uh, so, I actually think there's a little something to your point there. Uh, there's a little bit of added pressure to get back and play Super Bowl at home. The other thing I think, and Russ, you had mentioned this, I think, to me on Sunday in a text or in Slack or something. Adam, you talked about after the Falcons won, um, the I'm sorry, uh, after the Saints won, they're opening the wild card weekend. The over celebration uh, yes. never ends well. Now that was my th- thought. The yeah. Eagles, the Eagles had themselves a day after they won too. So I, I don't know if this necessarily applies. But that I mean that Vikings, that is, uh, you know, they blew their proverbial wad uh, with that with that game. So any letdown effect? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. I think that's a huge thing. But I also go, okay, but there have been other teams in the past who have had incredible wins in wild card and divisional round and then backed it up the next game. Sure. You uh, know, the Eagles th- did not after 4th and 26, for what it's worth. Yeah, and then even though I said, look, I said New Orleans was going to, was gonna look, I said New Orleans over celebrate, and they started off down seventeen nothing. Like I do think the Saints started off slow. I could see the Vikings starting off slow as well, um, and then the Eagles. But it's can the Eagles take advantage of it, and can they build a lead of their own? The thing that I'm worried about is the Eagles putting up points on the Vikings. Yeah. So I, I'm give me a minute here. I got a few few points. Um, I'm beginning to feel better about this game i felt good about it on monday i'm beginning to feel really great about it by today on wednesday and this isn't just kind of talking yourself into nick Foles, sort of hey as we get closer to game you're you're all hyped up they're going to win by 30 um few things working in their favor um and and something i haven't heard talked about a lot the eagles are very well rested and healthy you know obviously they have their injuries and and guys that are out but the guys that are on the field are very well rested and healthy the injury report is not deep they haven't really played me they've played one meaningful game in four weeks um they had an extra day of rest over minnesota uh the weather i it looks like it's going to be fairly warm here on sunday but it also looked like that last saturday and they wound up being completely wrong the eagles have played four straight cold weather games I took a look at the Vikings um, NFLweather.com. First of all, they play in a dome. They've played two games all season with this kickoff under 40 degrees with, I guess, any temperature. Green Bay. 40 degrees. They Green Bay and the Panthers. Case Keenum, since November 12th in the regular season, he's had three games with a quarterback rating under 100. Two of those were the the outdoor games under 40, and the other came last week against the Saints. Now – that's not to say he was horrible in that game, but they won 16 nothing against the Aaron Rodgers. He was not great against Green Bay. 16 nothing against the Aaron Rodgers-less Packers. I uh, threw two interceptions in a win over the Panthers, uh, which was uh, his lowest QB, second lowest easily, QB completion of this season. Easily the worst game rate. the Vikings played yep. in the last three months. Yep. So there, there is, ever, for as much as everyone wanted to talk about Drew Brees not being, being someone they wanted to play in the cold, I will take my chances against Case Keenum, who has not played a lot in the cold, and the two times he did in, su- in in cold weather this year was not great at all. The second thing is, the more I watch Case Keenum, and I, I know he has had a terrific 
Pro Bowl caliber season, and he is anything but a backup and a starter. I yes. I would like to nickname him Floaty Balls because to he throws. Hold on, he <laughs> throws a football like he's throwing a shot put. Watch, we talked about this on Monday. You said he looks smaller than he is when he throws the football. There's Floaty Balls. If I well, go back and watch, I know um, they talked about him having a, a horseshoe up his ass, right? Because he's made, Zimmer said that right made some really lucky throws. He is a bit of a gunslinger and has had a lot of he's had a lot of luck on on many a big plays. Even if you just go through and watch some of his highlights, you can see that man. He like even at the end, obviously at the end of the game the other day, but throughout the season, he pushes that ball in the air, and I would say it ha- tends to hang in the air about a half second longer than it should on almost every one of his throws. And this is why I call them floaty balls. Like, you remember you used to throw the those little eggs in Mario 2, the weird Mario 2 game, and they would yes. have that little hump in them? And it would K- go over your head. Case, Keenum's, Case Keenum has that in his, in his throwing motion, in the way his ball moves through the air. And I, you know, not that he hasn't had a good season, but he's had some element of luck in multiple occasions. Uh, and him playing in the cold where he hasn't been great and doesn't have a ton of experience, I like... I, I, I honestly, I really feel good about what the Eagles. The I feel a pick six coming. I honest to God feel a big time pick six that may be the difference in the game coming. Also, who's gonna who's Kevin, gonna have the pick six? Because we know we can rule out Bradham, uh, Jalen Mills, probably easy. Jenkins, Jalen Mills, Jalen. Um, and Kevin wrote about this yesterday. Really good piece. I, Kevin wrote a, a, a long breakdown of the Vikings offense. If if you if you don't want to read all fifteen hundred words, read the second half of it because he took a look at Case Keenum. He was the worst quarterback by far under pressure last week with a QB rating under fifty percent. Uh, the best quarterback when he had time in the pocket, uh, QB rating wise. And throughout the course of the season, he has struggled, uh, you know, relatively consistently while under pressure um the vi- the the vikings he was not under pressure a lot against the saints he will be against the eagles another consideration like there are all these little things working against the vikings and when you take into account the fact that um way back after carson wentz got hurt vegas came out with its potential spreads and the eagles would have been a pick em against the vikings and a one-point favorite against the falcons at home fast forward three weeks before last week's falcons game the eagles opened up as three-point underdogs to the Falcons. That means that projected line, and you've talked about this, Adam, that Carson Wentz being moved up to the higher quarterback tier for having a higher impact on his team. That was a four-point swing from the day Carson Wentz went down to the start of the first playoff game. Vegas docked the Eagles four points in those three weeks. That line started to come back right before the game on Saturday to the tune of two-and-a-half Eagles. It came back half a point. And if if you're using that four-point metric, the Vikings should be four-point favorites this week. They are not. It's three and a half and three, depending on where you look. So it is continuing to slide back in the Eagles' favor. And um, they would only be, as of today, a a six-and-a-half-point underdog to the Patriots, whereas it would have been seven before, and a a two-and-a-half-point underdog to the Jags, whereas it probably would have been three before. So even Vegas is starting to push that needle back in the Eagles' favor. So... All of these things combined um, with the the fact that you're going to force Case Keenum to throw the ball because the Vikings really don't have a dot. They rely on the running game, and they rely on grinding it out, and they don't have a lot of average yards per carry, and they still run it. The Eagles' defense is dominant against the run. You're going to force Case Keenum to throw. I like the Eagles playing against him in the cold, and I like all these ancillary factors working in the Eagles' favor. I'm fully on board, fully on board the Eagles this week. I will say this, too. Money line, all the money you got. 
do it. You actually got, don't listen to Kyle's betting advice. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't that. That was just, that going was to him win. being cocky. They're, don't blame him. They're going to win. Um, I was literally answering a Facebook message of someone saying that my picks for the Vikings were faulty because no one got it at minus four and a half. And I had to show them that Vegas actually had that way for three days. But I'm getting confident what you just said because when you think about the Vikings-Carolina game, if you guys remember it, Carolina scored on a number of somewhat fluky but long touchdowns. They started the game with a 60-yard touchdown from Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart had two more touchdowns in the red zone, and they had a long run by Cam Newton. It was a very fluky game. The Vikings kind of had some bad calls go against them that extended some drives. But also, the Vikings missed a lot of uncharacteristic tackles. And that's why I'm getting excited. Because if there's a chance that the cold weather leads to more missed tackles for a team that typically doesn't miss tackles, the Eagles offense can have a chance. That got me a little excited to remember the Panthers game because that was one of the themes was, wow, I've never seen the Vikings miss this many tackles before. Well, yeah, and everyone watching that game on Sunday was, hey, you know, the Saints, Saints in the cold, Saints in the cold. Forget about the fact they're a running team now. You know, all those things. No, like the Vikings in the cold. Like this is a, a relatively inexperienced playoff team uh, who plays their games in a dome, who hasn't had a, you know, who's had a basically play in cold weather once. They played in frigid weather in Green Bay, to be fair. That, that is a, that's colder than any game the Eagles have played this year. But um, yeah, I like, I, I don't know. I just feel like if there's, if there could be a weather advantage and it, it looks like the conditions are going to be pretty decent. So I, I don't know if this will wind up being the case, but I'm, I don't know. I feel like all these little things are working in the Eagles' favor. People are pointing out Nate Silver giving them a 57% chance to win. I did it as well. After posting it and thinking about it and sleeping on it, these are the things I think about in bed, I realize that it's somewhat flawed because uh, Nate Silver uses the, they use the ELO system. Because he picked Hillary Clinton to win? No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Did no, I do I, this on Monday? I, Yes, you did. Yes. Okay. yes, you did. You okay. did the whole okay. thing. Okay, all right. I'm did, not going to do it. The whole, the whole thing. His system for football uses... You guys got to stop smoking so much weed. You keep forgetting what you talked about. His... <laughs> Kyle might... I, I, I don't know. I've literally I never smoked in my life. I haven't um, either. Oh, we're that. friends. Look at that. Yay. Adam's like... <laughs> well, I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's how I get this say <laughs> voice. No. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, the, he, Nate Silver uses the ELO system. Explains a lot. And it's all based on head-to-head matchups in a computer simulation. So after each game, they'll simulate. It's either 10 or, I think, 100,000 times. So it, uh, it accounts for head-to-head matchups and strength of schedule. The problem with that is those simulations are factoring in the Eagles' first 14 games with Carson Wentz. Uh, and there's been a few other like similar things run that are using stats. So I wouldn't put too much stock in the Nate Silver thing upon second thought because it's it's accounting for all of those Carson Wentz games uh, in its simulations, which is is slightly misleading. So just buyer, buyer beware on that particular one. Um, the Eagles are, I'd say, rightful underdogs, but I, I think they win the game. Underdog looks good on them, though, in, in fairness. It does. Oh, look at you! Uh, uh, why'd you... Ha- mm, okay. That was an E-Rock line. Was it, though? It was. was the it? end of the video. It hey, looks good on you. On a positive note, the Sixers won't be in town that uh, the, the day of the game. 
which means that Joel Embiid won't be able to get in parking lot fights like he did in the last game. I don't think we talked about that on Monday. I enjoy how we have in Philadelphia have decided to just completely whitewash that and like it didn't happen. And yet when yep. Riley Cooper did this, did the same. No, don't no. Riley no, Cooper no. got in a parking lot fight oh, the okay, day of the certain. Kenny Chesney concert. I had posted about it like a day later, and it wasn't until a month later that the video came out from later that day. Um, but you know, we've all for quickly those, forgotten about Joel Embiid shoving, <laughs> randomly for, shoving for all those some who missed it. Embiid was was going for a jump ball in a parking lot with like some. Well, I don't know how big Which, this by guy the way, was. Could he not be small. going for jump balls and, in a parking lot next time? Ah, uh, let the guy live his life. Yeah. And so this guy kind of like pushed off and then caught the ball, and then Embiid like went over, took two massive steps that would take me 15 steps to cover the same area and just shoved the guy. And I was like, okay, maybe it's playful. And then you realize that, like, pe- the way the people reacted was like, uh, what just happened? And then, like, three people came over to usher Joel away. So yeah. that that happened. Because that- you can't – people need to stop pushing athletes. Yeah. Because what happens is, is it's like he could lose hundreds of millions of dollars if he gets hurt, and no one goes, "Hey, who was the guy that pushed Embiid?" They go, "Embiid, what are you doing there in the first place?" So, like, I feel like those athletes, they know when they're out in those areas that they're taking like a huge risk to begin with, and it's like. That's why they're treated like porcelain dolls. But to go over and hit them, like, I understand it was fun and all that stuff. But, like, I'm not getting Embiid at all. I'm not getting mad at Embiid at all. No, but no, I, I'm the just, guy didn't I'm, shove I'm, him. It didn't. Now, there's not a whole lot of context in this video. What it looked like is someone, like, tossed a, a jump ball football and there was a little crowd. And the guy sort of just pushed off in his attempt to get the ball. I don't think it was meant to be, like, a an aggressive shove. But Embiid, Embiid was not fucking around. I mean, that guy... Uh, that's a guy, that guy who's captured. Th- that's a guy who's chased down lions in his bare feet and has uh, wrecked them. You got the flip side of that. You got to be a little careful because if that guy gets pushed and breaks his arm, that is a yeah. that is a hell of a lawsuit coming. Yeah, yeah you need that's, that why they don't, that's why they don't go to the the, the tailgate. Well, and this is why guys have crew. Like, serious. This is why guys surround themselves with the posse. Like, I think in, I don't know who Embiid was there with. I'm sure there was like you know one guy who's you know sort of a body man but you know that's why you know lebron lebron's not going to be in that situation you know kyrie's not going to be in that situation steph's not going to be in that situation because you're you're a valuable commodity and you're just vulnerable like not not it's so much a fight or video just like you know you are a very high profile very wealthy person who's you know who i don't know like there's a reason why why important and rich people, you know, have, you know, a cruise and security and all that stuff. Um, you know, there's a reason for it because all it takes is, is, is one nut or, you know, one overzealous person like that kid was. And, you know, a situa- situation escalates quickly. So, uh, but, yeah, we've decided to whitewash it because we like Embiid. So, uh, never happened. Yep. <laughs> Adam, did you look at the uh, the injury report? Yeah, it's not out yet. I don't know what you you were looking at injury report. I must have been looking at it last week. Okay. Yeah. Don't they do like practice? Uh, there's no practice. Uh, it comes reports? out uh, later today. Okay. Usually Wednesday afternoon. Who's that's the one why, guy that we should why, want? That's why when they're like, "Hey, Adam, can you make your picks on Wednesday?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't even know who's injured yet." So Who no. would you um, if like we had to go off of I don't know one or two guys that you definitely don't want to have at 100 percent that got injured in the last game. 
Well, no, just the ones I'll say is I don't think Shamar Stevens is going to play. I think the name that I'm most interested in learning about is Andrew Sandejo, the safety who got concussed in the third quarter. He had the huge interception in the first half. He's a very rangy safety for them. They The problem with the Vikings is, is they have depth back there if you're rooting for injuries. So there are other guys, but that would be big because they definitely like to play him. Um, and then if there's anybody banged up in their front seven on defense, so any linebackers, any defensive line, they're very shallow there. So any injuries there could be bigger than, of course, their offensive line. Um, I, look, their right tackle in the last game uh, was a huge liability. Cam Jordan was having his way with him in the second half. And it's definitely something that I thought about that, Brandon Graham and Vinnie Curry or whoever is facing the right tackle, uh, Chris Long, um, Derek Barnett, could have success. Uh, but it just, you know, it depends on kind of the health of everybody. So I'm, I'm looking at O-line, front seven, and then Sandejo. Okay. Hey, can I, uh, let, really quick, I was just on iTunes, you know. Do you not have work today, Russ? Two-hour delay. Uh, so, hey. yeah. I gotta if, go. If I, I was here, like, wait, I'm waiting for Russ be, to bow out. Adam, Adam's be, bleeding be Russ out here. Doo, doo, doo. Why isn't he leaving? Well, I, Why isn't I he leaving? So, so there I am on iTunes, and in our last show, I think we had 298 five-star reviews. Ladies and gentlemen, the Crossing Broadcast has now reached 301 five-star reviews on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. But, unfortunately for whoever it was number 300, they didn't leave a review. Thank uh. you for the rating, but they didn't leave a review. So, our newest one is still Alphabet. So, don't forget, if you've been listening to this thing, and if you're still listening at this point, we have the data to show, I guess, how far you listen to this. But, if you are still listening to the show... most people are. And you haven't gone on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Look, you don't even need an Apple computer or an Apple device. Go log on to a university or a public library's computer and leave a five-star review and even a rating a rating and a review. This is apparently the part that I do. <laughs> Russ is at Joy on Broad. Kyle is at Crossing Broad. I am at Adam Lefko. And on Friday... We will make our official point predictions, which we have been calculating and tabulating all year. And one of us has gotten it exactly right every single week. That's right. We did the science. We just don't feel the need to tell you about it because we don't feel the need to brag. But one of us will get it exactly right on Friday. Tune in then. Until then, this has been Crossing Broadcast.